0: to the best of the armstrong and getty show featuring our
1: podcast one more thing get more info at armstrongandgetty.com so what are we talking about sean so it was on this day in history in the year nineteen hundred and eighty one that ibm introduced the world to the the pc the pers- see,
0: the year of your birth isn't it, it
1: it is in fact uh, the uh, uh the personal perhaps you're an android uh, huh? there's no way to know that um it's impossible to tell <laughs> uh and and apparently when you ordered this very first personal computer, it came. Uh, what included in the box was a, a VHS that you would then insert into a VCR and watch on your TV about this brand-new computer that you got. Not
0: that many people had VHS recorders in 1981. Really? Uh, and I know we do. I was years away from having one. 1981? I'm pretty sure. We didn't have one at home. You and have I, a beta I, Max? No, I didn't get one until I got to college, like a couple years in. No, oh, maybe maybe haven't. my first year. I'm pretty sure our family didn't have one in '81.
2: Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, uh at any rate, you couldn't read about the or learn about the computer on the computer. Obviously,
1: it was the first one. You didn't even because well, your computer go on the internet and learn how to use this. Yeah.
2: Well, it could have <laughs> come with a disk or a punch card or something.
1: A book maybe, but uh, a book would have been good. Yeah, I mean, maybe they had that as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, so here's a little clip from the uh, the very first VHS that came with the very first personal computer. Welcome to the exciting new world of personal computers. As the new user of an IBM personal computer system, you na- first of all a so eighty sound.
0: Is he having sex with someone? That sounds like porn music. That's pretty porny.
1: Welcome to the
2: exciting new world of personal computers. As the new user of an IBM personal computer system, you now have one of the most powerful tools modern technology
1: can provide. I like the enthusiasm on this guy as I know well. what, He's I'm, really selling it. Yeah, I know what
0: I'd be thinking at the time. So I can what? <laughs> what am I going to do
2: with this? You'll soon discover many ways to use this incredible system to enrich your occupation, increase your efficiency, and add to your productivity.
1: And get spied on without your consent by various billion-dollar companies. But and that's a while away. make yourself
2: angry and depressed. Do you want
1: to argue with strangers endlessly? Welcome to the computer age. Quintuple the
0: amount of paper that you use by having a computer.
2: Wait, I'm confused. I thought this would usher in a paperless age. <clears throat> Go what on. Was that it? Oh, yeah, that,
1: that was the, oh, the okay. yeah. It was just a, a short clip. I, uh, the, the full version apparently has been lost to
2: history. First, plug in the computer. Very good. Now turn on the power. You'll see the power button on the left. Ding 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 ding
1: ding down down. Place your fingers over the ASDF keys for maximum typing efficiency.
0: I'm a luddite, and always have been. I don't like technology. I smashed the printing presses when they were invented. <laughs> um That's what we luddites did. Sure. Uh, I remember a radio station I worked at, and this would have been in the mid-80s. He got a personal computer. He was a computer nerd who's probably very wealthy and successful now because he got into computers early. But he bought one of the very first Apple, uh, personal computers. And I remember when it came, he was so thrilled. He was the program director at this radio station and he was just so excited. And I just couldn't wrap my head around, what are you going to do with this thing? And, um, and he, he got it. And I remember him opening the boxes one by one and he would sit in front of them and stare at them and put his hands like this. The, <laughs> he was just so excited about this computer. It's
1: the initial and, unboxing. That's a whole genre on YouTube.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no kidding. And, and unheard of back then. Anyway, he, he, and he used it to print out, like, music lists and stuff like that, that they used to type out. It just, it seemed like a minor advance. Mm. I mean, if, if any advance whatsoever in the amount of work that was being done or anything like that.
1: Was oh. it, did it seem just like, okay, so you <clears throat> removed the letter hammers from the typewriter. Yeah, that was Beyond pretty much this, it. Beyond this, I don't know it, what else you accomplished. It was
0: basically a really expensive word processor. Yeah. Uh, right. Which a lot of computers were until you know you had further applications.
2: Although you were quicker to adapt than I was, I think. Didn't you have an old Commodore computer of some sort?
0: Yeah, I had. I had a computer in high school, actually. Oh wow. Um, So
2: okay, that's not very luddite. My
0: original path was I wanted to be a computer programmer. That's what I wanted to be up until my senior year of uh, high school. I was working at uh, all these jobs and everything like that to buy the latest greatest computer which they were all pretty sucky by modern standards sure and i i read about programming and program stuff and all this i was just so into it wow what happened i don't remember Uh i actually don't remember just went off it i heard there was a radio program at the community college and then never thought about computers
2: again (laughs) (laughs) whoops wrong path Uh, that's funny i i remember distinctly that when I was in college, and, you know, we're giving our way our age here, uh, a lot of guys at the fraternity where I lived were using a word processor to write their papers. And they were talking about how great it was and everything, because you could correct mistakes. And mm-hmm. this is back in the day, if you had more than two corrected typos per page, you had to retype the page, oh, which is just... F-
0: oh, bull- I have no idea. I- I've said this all the time. There should be a special seal... On anybody's college degree, especially a Ph.D. that did it before word processors, Mm -hmm. because they were such sticklers for a mistake. If they could see that you erased a letter and fixed it. Oh, no, forget it. That's not a paper you can turn in at the college level. Right. And so the whole (laughs) test was and it made me so mad because the whole test was not what my ideas were. Or what new things I've researched and come up with? No, it's just whether or not I can type an entire page without making a mistake. Yeah, that's what you're grading me on. What a bunch of bull that is! And
2: I tell you what, at three forty-five in the morning, yeah. when you had a nine o'clock class or whatever, and you're still working on it, it was like Russian roulette. Just the stress. Oh of it. yeah,
0: yeah. My my fingers would be sweaty. Uh. I get down to the end of a page, you hit the wrong letter, you're sp- you're just sitting and you got to start completely over. And it took twenty minutes to type this page. Right. Oh, right. it was so maddening. Yeah, and, but, and I was so mad at the time because this is not an education. This I'm not learning anything. Right. You're, You're not learning teaching to be anything. careful. You're learning
2: to have standards. <laughs> what are you against having standards? Oh, and, I hated that so much. So anyway, there I was. The guys were talking about this word processor, and I tried to use it, but um, I, I, there were commands to know and how do you move from here to there? And, and I gave it a try for about 20 minutes and I said, screw it. This is too much work. Yeah. And I went back to this stupid, stupid old way, having failed to persevere myself, you know, per- persevere my way through to be incapable with the thing. It was one of the more idiotic decisions I've ever made in my life. We
0: got a lot more on the way, but we wanted to remind you Simply Safe's got a great deal going on right now. We'll tell you about in a second. If you don't know what Simply Safe is, well, it's protection for your home and, and your family. They'll have your back day and night ready to send police, fire, or EMTs when you need them the most straight to your door.
2: Yeah. Whether it's a break in, a fire, flooding, or medical emergency, Simply Safe Home Security delivers award winning, and that's serious. They've won a lot of awards, award winning 24 seven protection.
0: You can set it up yourself in about thirty minutes, really easy. Then Simply Safes professionals take over. You're not locked into a long-term contract, no hidden fees or installation costs, and it's super
2: easy to use. And by ordering today, you get a sixty-day risk-free trial, so there is nothing to lose. And our listeners get a free home security camera when you purchase a Simply Safe system today at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong for your free security camera. Keep an eye on your porch. Who's out there? Huh? Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You're going to love Simply Safe. Simplysafe.com
1: slash Armstrong. It's one of those conundrums and I experience this all, all the time in life where
2: my laziness actually Sean makes me. Sean, work I'm more. sorry. I'm sorry. Conundra. Conundra. I have standards. Conundra. It's not about the meaning. It's about everything being so prissy and correct. anyway,
1: so you're saying the, the, my laziness only ends up
2: making me work harder
1: in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. I would have just taken the 30 minutes to learn the hotkeys. I could have not, you know, been working on the typewriter. I was talking
0: to my son about that the other day with something. This is actually the lazy way to do it. To learn to do this is the laziest way to do it. If you want because, to minimize yeah, your effort, <laughs> yeah, exactly. front I, you load know, it. I'm talking to myself because I've done that a thousand it's,
2: times. In my that's life. good parenting, though. Um, no, you don't understand. Little effort now. Well, a stitch in time saves nine. Is that what that is? It's thousands of years old. Wow. That's right. Deep hey, head. fix that now. It'll save you nine times the effort next week. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking to myself now.
0: That was so maddening to me. The worst part of a paper, hmm. by far, was the typing it out. By far, that was the worst part.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's seared into my memory. The one day in particular, I think I was still typing at like seven thirty in the morning, having been up all night. Oh, yeah. Now there, there were related <laughs> There's issues. Other
1: variables yeah. we can examine yeah. in this yeah. scenario, but, look, but <laughs>
2: perhaps <laughs> I postponed the start time a bit longer than is advisable. But man, Maybe. if I could
0: if I could type the whole thing out and and not only on a computer like if I was in college today, not only can do it on computer, I can have the computer with me wherever I go, so I could work on a little here. I don't have to have this big giant piece of equipment right. that's only available one place Um uh, to be so much easier. Type it out, check the mistakes, the margins are right. Huge on the margins. I had so many teachers; they'd have their ruler out. No, you're an eighth of an inch off. I am afraid this 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 paper is no good. You need to redo it. F difference does it make what the margin is who cares and it always made me so mad that these idiots that i know had never had a creative thought in their life would get a good grade because their margins were right and they could you know their, their typing was good he's back to having no standards
2: no wonder you have so many crises in conundra. it's
0: a pointless <laughs> standard a pointless standard is not a standard you might as well make somebody walk across a gymnasium with a spoon and a, an egg in it
2: to see if they can pull it off. No, I could do that, and then turn in the paper. Yeah, right? Exactly. It's a completely different question. Yeah, yeah. It's a different skill. It's like you're being trained to be a typist. The entire <laughs> right. point of thirty five pages on the on the uh, you know satellite states of the Soviet Union was to make me a better typist. <laughs>
1: I mean, my college conspiracy theory is you're not that wrong. College is about proving to future employers that you can handle tedious and mm. tedious things and deadlines and do things you don't want to do. Yes. That it's is, it's, it's, that it's is very true, little about extent. the, the, what the Ding. actual knowledge is that you are acquiring.
2: Uh, you know, that was explained to me in my youth. It's proof that you can complete something. Right. Barely. <laughs> yeah. well, there was a little too much of and that. And stoned, <laughs> There was too much of that.
0: Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Information.
2: This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com.
0: I got on this topic. Uh, well, first of all, I came across this old-timey saying a couple of weeks ago stuck in my head because I didn't know what it meant hmm. then we had a weasel uh, 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 show up on our property <laughs> uh
2: Gavin Newsom hi ho
0: um an actual weasel which are uh, kind of a frightening looking beast there's something about the way they slink around it just looks you can tell they're up to something
2: yeah it's like half a snake <laughs> yeah half a snake half a beast
0: it's interesting how some animals are like that like like, like, like the way a dog a happy dog walks up to you, you know, with its tail wagging and happy. You I mean it just, it, just it's inviting. And then some predator beasts, like weasels and other beasts like that, they just the way they walk, you can tell they're they're up to no good. <gasps> Scurrying is disconcerting. Yeah. <sighs> Yeesh. Yeesh. Rats, weasels. Right. Anyway, so I I said this to my wife. She said, "What the hell are you talking about?" And this old timey saying. I said, "I don't know. I came across it a while back, and it's been stuck in my head." And I said I hadn't take time to look through what it meant, and I can't remember where I came across was it. That, or I was what go back you just to said about hedgehogs—I'll hit you with the whole okay, thing. All right. the Greek poet—I uh, can't—unpronounceable—wrote: "The fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows one big thing." Okay, and that's stuck in my head. Yeah, it's like, and mm. the fact that it's been around for thousands of years uh, means something. And then one of the reasons it's in uh, more modern popular consciousness, this guy named Isaiah Berlin wrote an essay about Tolstoy in the 50s that is still in print today called The Hedgehog and the Fox, using that very quote. Um, uh, and so, so I guess the idea is, and it's really pretty interesting, as that people tend to be one or the other, but everybody's a mixture of the two. With the fox being somebody who knows knows about a lot of different things, and kind of makes their way through life with you know adapting to the situation as it goes with your knowledge of different things. Yeah, and then okay. there are some people that have one view of wo- the world, and and uh, like a a focal point for the way they're going to approach life, mm-hmm. and they do it that way. That's the hedgehog.
2: Interesting. And did and, the Greek poet or this other uh, bloke have a preference? Is, is one good or bad or what?
0: Um, well, uh, apparently uh, the well, one of the reasons it stayed interesting for years. Books have been written about this, lectures, decisions, leadership. You know, uh, the deciding which makes a better leader, military, all these different things. We're all we're all some of both, but mm-hmm. tend to be one more one or the other. I'm trying to come up with a, some of the good examples of like the hedgehog idea. A religious thing might be a good one. Like if you're, if you're devoutly religious, everything revolves around, you know, uh, pleasing God and, uh, you know, uh, that view of life. And I make everything, my, my work, raising my family, everything fit into that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've kind of got some of that with just like a, a, a moral guidance of what I want to do with my life and support my family and everything like that. But others say that, um, you know, to to really adapt to the modern world, you have to be you have to be able to change. Okay, what's important? What's what's motivating things here? A whole bunch of different ideas and make them all work for you, like the fox. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I found it fascinating. Does it do you or not? <laughs> I can't tell. It's been around for thousands of years. Like I said, much has been written about that one phrase. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm just noodling it through. At uh-huh. first, I was thinking. So, is it the fact that the hedgehog rolls up in a ball? And like, you can't get to it?
1: I thought that initially, I thought there was going to be like a predator and prey thing. Yeah. The the, the prey only needs to know to not get eaten, but while the, the fox needs to know how to hunt or something like that. But, but but no, it's, it's more philosophical. In this thing that I'm, I'm reading, they, they make the comparison hedgehogs who view the world through the lens of a single defining idea like Plato, as opposed to foxes who draw on a wide variety of experiences for whom the world cannot be boiled down to a single idea like aristotle yeah so even yeah, in yeah. that era they had kind of both both kind of titans of intellect but you know had different perspectives and lenses through which to view
0: right and they they went through a whole bunch of a list of all kinds of different philosophers writers military leaders whatever that were one or the other dostoevsky was a fox no they have him as a hedgehog hedgehog. tolstoy was more of a fox Mm -hmm. i guess and just yeah so i know it's it's you're blowing my mind i know i know i know like a lot of philosophy i get into it and realize i'm not smart enough for days and Mm. uh you know do something else watch sports
1: i think the more modern example is kind of your single issue voters right so i could be so people those are hedgehogs that no i vote based on Whichever person is is most in support of idea X or,
0: you know, yeah, maybe it's, you know, I know one big thing that abortion is murder and I am not going to vote for anybody who doesn't agree with that Hmm. or, you know, that sort of thing.
2: I'm just relieved that this segment isn't about Ron Jeremy, because I was kind of <laughs> oh, afraid the, the old fat porn actor, whose nickname was The Hedgehog, is going to factor into this discussion. He's got a, really... uh, he's got a prison stint
1: coming he up does, in his does. future.
2: Yes. Why is he, is he going tax to prison? fraud or, uh, no, or, or no, rapine.
1: No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Harassment slash rapine slash... Yeah. Uh, okay. The
0: Hedgehog's going to yeah. learn one important thing. Don't pick up the soap.
1: Oh, boy. Huh? Oh, God huh? Oh, gosh. That's prison, George. Just, just like
0: in prison. Oh, boy. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
0: You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show, featuring our podcast One More Thing. Get more info at ArmstrongandGetty.com.
1: This was uh, from an interview several years back with uh,
2: Jeff Bezos. Like I, he knows anything. I make decisions hastily based on deep-seated prejudices. <laughs> Is that, uh, <laughs>
1: it's not the strategy he recommends.
0: So Bezos is by far the richest man in the world now.
2: It's uh, not, if not even close. If we're not including Putin, then yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Legally gained. Right.
2: Um, how about old, uh, what's his name? MSB? How's I he think? rank?
1: He's got a lot.
2: Is yeah. he between Putin and Bezos? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Neither one of them would
0: ever want their people to know how much money it was. In fact, a, uh, which senator was it? had a thing in the paper today about how we need to fight back at Putin by disclosing his wealth. If people knew how wealthy he was Mm. and, and, and the other people around him knew how much money he had and, you know, and you know how much money they had. I mean, if all that got out to his people, we could really damage him. But anyway, who has more money? Who's, who's actually the richest man on planet earth? I've been hearing for years, Putin, but does he have more than MBS? I
1: don't know. Honestly, at this point, it's probably some kid who went deep on bitcoin early on
2: or, or some nonsense I mean, like that he's just not saying <laughs> yeah. but
0: for earning money bezos definitely has the most money he went from a hundred billion to two hundred billion in a couple of months
1: it's the power of scale yeah uh but yeah so bezos said people who uh he's noticed that people who are quote-unquote right a lot make decisions differently than everyone else and here's here's what he noticed
0: have uh, you seen interviews with him i keep interrupting you but have you seen interviews with him or anything like that does he like super very sharp, rarely like you see him interviewed and you think, oh my god that guy is brilliant
2: You know, he hasn't really stood out to me. He's very matter-of-fact. Seems like a a normal guy. Yeah. Yeah. You can just
0: have a really good idea at the right time. That is possible.
1: Right. And and the talent to see the various moving pieces. Discipline and execution to follow through and stick with it when you're just a used online book site. Um, But, uh, quote, Bezos, uh, the people who are right a lot of the time often change their minds. It's perfectly healthy, encouraged even, to have an idea tomorrow that contradicted your idea today. Mm. Um, the, the smartest people that he's observed were always revising their understanding, reconsidering a problem they thought they had already solved. They're open to new points of view, new information, new ideas, contradictions, and challenge their own way of thinking. That's and, a good one. In short, people who are, are right a lot change their minds
2: a lot.
0: That is really a good one. Mm.
2: Uh, when I asked, thought this was going to be bunk, but I've changed my mind. Mm, wow. Excellent.
1: Okay. I'll, Good for you. A quick study. <laughs> uh, when asked what were the traits of someone who is wrong a lot, he said the tendency to be obsessed with details that only support one point of view. If someone can't climb out of the details and see the bigger picture from multiple angles, they're often wrong most of the time. Um, That's pretty interesting, too. Yeah. So he, he he's not saying that they're the the smart people are like in they're insecure in their decisions. I I'm not really sure, but they have an openness to to accepting that they were wrong previously
0: smart's a tough word anyway because you know what, what's your definition of smart what are you going with
1: not stupid how'd you do on <laughs> celebrity jeopardy looking at you wolf blitzer yes never forget
2: uh yeah well i what was the statement i read the other day it was uh it's very good it essentially said if you've lost the capacity to say but i might be wrong you've become a bad person discuss amongst yourselves no, that that, that ever present certainty there's some things I'm pretty certain about, but
0: I'm certain I can eat this entire ham.
2: <laughs> I'm <laughs> not <laughs> changing my mind <laughs> I'll show you yeah do enjoy ham
0: um no the smart thing i mean and and what's the goal here and to be to what to be happy or to be successful successful do we mean monetarily successful or happy? happy life you well know, to
2: be right i'm not trying better to, to be right than wrong you might not be talking just about mm, business decisions about be right okay should i buy this house should i uh, marry this uh, person should i uh do I need Discipline to... Discipline my kid or forgive them? Uh,
1: do I need to stop hanging out with this person who seems to be a negative influence on my life? Boy, that's a good one. No. Um, oh, somebody... Oh, no, no, but we had all those great times. Well, update your opinions with the, the constantly inundation of new information and realize, well... Yeah, maybe we we were uh, really good friends in our mid twenties, but lifestyles have changed, and he's gone down a different path. And that's, that's a good one. That's not that, for
0: me. That reminds me of I saw this the other day on a, a bumper sticker of all places. You shouldn't see things on bumper stickers that uh, literally really really strike you as profound. Doesn't that just mean you're dumb by definition? It seems a little. <laughs> it
1: seems a little brain adjacent.
0: Seems a little Homer Simpson like. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: I don't know, but there, there there could be one or two out there. I've it's seen really... two things
0: on bumper stickers in my life that have stuck with me. Probably the, will for the rest the of my
1: coexist life. one and that uh-huh. one, which is just good to, how can you argue?
0: <laughs> no, the, I remember seeing on a bumper sticker: "If you had enough, would you know it?" Yeah, it really struck me as
2: is a, a big deal. I pretty pretty mentioned actually. that phrase two days ago in a private conversation.
0: And and then this one, I want to make sure I word it right.
2: Oh, let's. F- I can. Uh, if it's, you can read this, you're too close. And how, I could read it.
3: I how am I driving? That. Call one eight hundred. I realized I was too close. And I preface it with, I'm
0: pretty happy with my life and and feel very fortunate to be where I am in a whole bunch of different circumstances because I've done plenty of things that could have uh, derailed everything, <laughs> but. Um, the bumper sticker was, let's fake our own death and go off and live the life we really want to. Oh. And I thought, that is... Oh. oh."
2: (laughs) That is is too much for sitting here at this stoplight. If I didn't know how dirty the floor was, I'd lie down on it right now (laughs) and and think.
0: Because obviously, you know, where that gets you is that uh, absolves you of all responsibility. Your job, your friendships, your kids, your financial, everything. You get to start completely over in this scenario. So let's fake our own death and go off and live the life we really want to. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of an interesting thought experiment. What would that be? Yes. What yeah. would that be kind of getting here. Who would I be hanging out with? And, you know, what would I be doing? And well, What was... would my priorities be? And
2: you know, my only disagreement is when I was raising kids, I just I would reject the notion completely because that just that would be oh sure horribly yeah. immoral. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Um, But I couldn't do that. I'd spend all my time uh, feeling regretful and hor- horrible about where my kids are.
2: Well, right. You know, it's like the uh, Bruce Springsteen song "Hungry Heart," which is a great song, but uh, went out for I got a wife and kids. I went out for driving and never went back. You're a piece of sh.
0: So, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, on the other hand. You know, with that being aside, it's funny. This should come up because I was talking to some friends over the weekend and, um, one guy lost his dad far too young to cancer and he's, he's a younger man than I am significantly so, but well, we we're talking about life and options and, and stuff. He said, Joe, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is life. So don't wait forever to, you know, do live whatever you're talking about. He said, cause my dad always talked about when I retire, I'm going to, and he never got that. I thought, oof. That was
0: the line I always had at the end of my, uh, when I taught, sh- taught, uh, interpersonal communications in college. That was my line at the end of every class because I wanted to be the profound teacher type of guy. I was like yes. 23 years old, but, um, I would always say that this ain't no dress rehearsal because that is, that is a pretty good one. Yeah. It, you do, you do live your life with kind of the feeling, okay, we're just preparing for the real thing coming on down the pike here pretty soon. Right. As, you get further as soon as, as your life. I get done
2: with this crap, I'll <laughs> <Yeah>. start living. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I'll do the things I really want to do. Uh, too much f- perspective.
2: Oh, easy now. Somebody bleep that. That was mm, harsh.
0: <sighs> I wonder if that. I wonder if that's a good thought experiment though. To like, like you know, help you figure out what you want to do. Um, what if we faked our own deads and went off and lived the life we really want to?
1: I don't know. My strategy of uh, taking a run at becoming a p- professional poker player probably isn't that solid of a <laughs> of a goal. So I, I, I think in some ways my my trappings of responsibility and and not wanting to disappoint family members mm-hmm. helped keep me away from something that maybe worked oh, out absolutely. but most likely doesn't
2: yeah absolutely um you got any favorite poker sayings you're a good man for a saying you got to know when to hold no um <laughs>
0: No, but that whole, what you're just saying, you know, family, friends, you got some responsibilities, (laughs) that being grounded, that does tie you to, sometimes, you know, the ties are the thing that keep us sane and from blowing our lives up. The ties
2: that bind, another Bruce Springsteen song.
0: And I remember, I remember talking to my uncle who, who was, uh, who was gonna kill himself and we all pretty much knew it. I mean, it was, oof, it was pretty clear he was laying the groundwork to kill himself and I knew it when I was, I, he stopped, uh, through the town Um, where I was living at the time when we went out and had a piece of pie, um, apple pie with a slice of cheese on it It at Russell's in Salina, Kansas. Oh, my God. Russell's truck stop. Pie with cheese on it. I
2: I ought to sue that place for the 10 pounds I gained (laughs) in the two years I lived near it.
0: Anyway, my uncle was coming through town to see me, and I think he wanted to see me again before he killed himself. I mean, we never didn't put that fine a point on it but um uh i brought up something and i'm young at this time and i brought up something about i like to just take off and go do this he said no no you need to be grounded you gotta you gotta you gotta have something that you know you're tied to to keep everything in perspective he didn't have anything at that point i think that was he had a real good perspective on that because he lost everything in a bunch of terrible ways that mostly weren't his fault and some of them were but he did he, he had nothing at that point as well mm-hmm. and uh the, the real lack of being moored to anything i think is what you know took him down the road of eventually checking into a hotel and blowing his brains out um Oof. but you do you do you know some a lot of the things that that are a burden sometimes or a pain in the ass Uh, are the only things that keep you, you know, moored to reality and and on the straight and narrow. Well, number one uh,
2: way to have a happy life is to have a life of purpose, they say. You feel like you're doing something (laughs) worth doing, which I think is at the root of a lot of uh, our, our strife as a society these days. There are a lot of people who don't feel a particular purpose And when an extremist political cause comes along, that's a a purpose, man. That's a calling. That's exciting. So getting likes on Twitter is not a purpose? Is that? Who am I to tell you how good your purpose (laughs) is? Armstrong
0: and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty show.
2: Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com.
3: Anyway, back to you, Michael. Yeah, uh, so the fiancé and I had gone, uh, run some errands yesterday. We got home, and so we're sitting Do down. Do you like saying fiancé? Like yeah. From the old Seinfeld episode?
0: Oh, my fiancé. It's my fiancé. My mm-hmm. fiance. Yeah, it is kind of fun to say. You don't get to say it for very long. Then it's a married. short window. It's a short window. Yeah, I got yeah. seven
3: more weeks to say, and then that's it. <laughs> anyway, so, so you're driving around with your fiance. Yeah, we had just gotten home, and we're sitting down watching TV, and we're just sitting there on the couch together, and all of a sudden, her left arm started going numb. Oof. And so it just started near the shoulder, and then it kept going, getting oh further and God. further down. That's oh disconcerting. Yeah. It was very disconcerting. Oh. Oh. And so you know, she was telling me about this, and she finally looks at me and says, "You know, you need to take me to the emergency room. I, I'm afraid that I'm having a stroke because it's yeah. one of the symptoms." And so I, I'm a
0: slow to the emergency room guy, but yeah. that, would, that would get me to the emergency room.
3: Yeah, so am I. And that's what I was thinking about it. You know, at first I kept saying, "Oh, you just pulled something," and you just pulled something, and then she got more and more panicky, and then I ended up taking her. And uh, it turned out she had pinched a nerve. I guess she had lifted something or whatever in her left shoulder. And it you ended got up,
0: on her last
3: nerve. <laughs> That's probably what happened.
2: Yeah, and it ended She up, had to uh, pinch it off.
3: <laughs> yeah, and so it ended up uh, hurting her arm, and so they gave her some muscle relax, then we were okay. But it's amazing what you see at the emergency room. Oh, yeah. That's, so what time of day were you at the emergency room? We were there, room? we got there about 7 p.m. on a Sunday night.
0: Well, 7 p.m. on a Sunday night should be... You would think it'd be calm. But it's not like 2 in the morning on a Saturday night.
3: No, but I, there was, I saw some crazy stuff there. Like we saw a woman uh, being carried in by police and two doctors, and she's talking to herself and yelling at people and screaming, "Mom, I'm sorry, I didn't do it." And blah 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 oh, blah blah. Boy.
0: Did she wow. appear to be part of our uh,
3: urban camping community? No, actually, she was. uh looked great. A matter of fact, it was funny because my uh, fiance she goes, "You know, she's crazy, but she's got great arms." You know, as far as, <laughs> wow. well, why were the police? Nice
0: compliment, but the police got involved somehow.
3: Yeah. There was cop cars outside the emergency no, room, no and so something had happened, and this woman was obviously off a rocker.
2: What else? What else you got for me?
3: Oh well, then you had the simple people that just use the emergency room as a doctor. Like yep. I heard, was that's them, the
2: most annoying to me. Although that, I've heard that's a tiny fraction of what it was pre-vid.
3: Yeah, but there was a woman there. And she just said, "Yeah, I was, pull, you know, I was lifting something. And I kind of felt my back go out, and that's why she was there." <laughs> right. And they're letting her fill out the paper, you know, yeah. fill out the paperwork and all that stuff. And there's a lot of paperwork to fill out.
2: Oh yeah, using it as a late night doc in the box.
0: Yeah, remember when I was a team, well, and you know, and if society lets that happen, then why wouldn't you do it that way? Um, remember when I was there with my kids downtown? What happened? Oh yeah, my wife got her hands slammed in the car door. Oh, and so we were there, kind of you know, lateish on a Saturday night, which is not a good time to be in an urban ER. And there were clearly homeless people that just wanted a place to sleep. Just a place to lay down and sleep. And they do the full paperwork thing and everything like that and not move you ahead in line. Nope. They're going to, you're going to wait in line behind this homeless guy who's here every night because some people later told me
2: that. Might be looking here. for opioids too.
0: Yeah. Pain medication, just looking for someplace to sleep. You're going to wait in line while you're in pain or your kid's sick or whatever. There was, there are people holding babies waiting in line behind the homeless guy who comes there regularly just for someplace to sleep. Freaking amazing. Very maddening
2: very very speaking
0: of things changing i mean that i think that's a change that has happened the last couple of years yeah how long can you let that how long can that last
2: bums and junkies clogging up our emergency rooms
3: there should be a standard though where they could just send you away and say i'm sorry that it's not an emergency. It's not an emergency. It's like now if you get call
0: 911, this does not constitute an emergency. Call a regular number. Yeah, they should be able to do that at the doctor's office.
2: Absolutely, yeah, at the emergency room. Sure, people with actual emergencies standing there desperate in line while junkies just go through their nightly, my elbow's killing me. It's killing me. Give me some drugs. <laughs> Is that what they sound like? Give them no drugs. Yes, I know the type. I,
0: I had never been to an... An urban downtown ER before. That's the only time I've ever been there. And it was quite the show. And unfortunately, my kids were with me and I had to stay really close to them because there's all kinds of scary people in there out of their minds on drugs or mental illness or whatever. Um, but that's a show. If you ever want a show, just go to the, uh, the ER, you know, uh, smash your finger in something or cut yourself. Oh, And then, made... uh, or pretend. And or you just
2: go and ask for opioids. Give me opioids. Give me some opioids. Come on. The last time I was at the ER, it was just sad. It wasn't much drama it was a suburban ER but it was a busy evening and it was just lots of sick people standing there or sitting there with their heads hanging or people rocking babies that are coughing you know it was just ugh.
0: yeah the lesson i learned is uh, it took so long also it was dangerous and took so long honest to god unless it's a heart attack or you know a gun something where you need attention right away in fact any of those you'd probably call an ambulance Unless you need attention right now it is better to take the time to drive to your suburban ER or or, or 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 suburban ER if you live downtown. Yeah.
2: You'd be better off, much better off. Yeah. Yep. Here's another tip if you want to uh, get in faster begin vomiting. I've uh, I've pulled that maneuver accidentally a couple of times. Went into shock from head injuries and started to vomit. Really, whiskey right in there. Well, they don't just, want you puking all over the just place.
0: Just because it's a cleanup thing, not I a, think so. Not a, an indication of. Mm. What are the two things that you? Need you to know, fast I've got
2: a, I got a golf buddy who's an ER doc. I'll have to ask him that.
0: Chest pains.
2: Yeah, although, uh. I will get you in fast. My wife, uh, I took her to the air. That was the time I'm talking about. Not the puking time, but the sad time with people coughing babies, blah, blah, blah. You got on her last nerve? Um, she, uh, yeah, she's experiencing very troubling symptoms. And, um, we were surprised how deliberately things moved. I thought, you know, I'd, I'd play the, uh, CP card and just whisk her right in and get things going. But no, there was a little waiting. The what card? The CP, the chest pain. Oh. You got your V card that's your vomiting. You got your CP card that's your chest pain. But
0: well, what are the ones that get you in the fastest? Th- uh,
2: lots of blood. Oh, okay. Ugh. A- any fluids coming out of you, that's a good card to play. So whiz on the floor? Oh, 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 wow. You know, I hadn't thought of that one, but thank you. Sure, yeah. Man, I broke my arm, but I got a pee, so I tell you what. Let's get in. <laughs> let's get this moving.
3: You know, they always ask you if you want a wheelchair, too, no matter what it is. Yes. I always say yes. <laughs> no, but I would like to ride a pony. <laughs> Do you have any
2: ponies? <laughs> yeah, pony rides. Hilarious. Uh, but oh everything's boy. fine. Is the yeah? End everything's of the story. great. Yeah. I'm so yeah. glad. Yeah, I had a back spasm a number of years ago, Michael. Actually, I can tell you when it was. It was two thousand nine, um, and uh, my left hand started to go numb, and my fingers. It was very disturbing. I ended up going to the doctor, but the reason I remember that so vividly. Is it was in the midst of recording the first Dead Flowers album and I had to play a guitar solo and I was in, it was the last thing that happened to happen on the song. And I have this completion mania that I just, I want to get things done before I move on to the other one. And I insisted on trying to play this guitar solo with numb hand, with a numb left hand. And it, oh my God, t- 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 I might still be there today if not for the wonders of editing. I don't know, but it was, <laughs> it's, it's tough to play guitar when you can't feel your fingers. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it's like, uh, you know, you got the numb hand, huh?
2: <laughs> it's like somebody else? Is that what you Yeah, Okay. All right. And that's a good time to end this. 30 seconds late.
0: Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.